what are we doing in the black community? The number one consumer of a Mercedes Benz is us. Us. The number one consumer of a Gucci and a Louis Vuitton. Us. And they don't even advertise. Why is it that in the black community, we are always the number one consumer, but we're not the number one creators? So you just said it, the fact that there's consumers and creators. For so long, we assume success based on consumption. Mm. Welcome back to Closing the Gap, the truth about black wealth. Of course, I'm your host, Mr. Wilbur Hamilton, owner, founder of Hamilton Wealth Advisors. Here again with Pastor Ed Richardson, um, you know, Mr. Omega Sci-Fi himself. Um, and we've been having a wonderful time today. I mean, I've been truly been blessed and enriched by his presence. I mean, he shared a lot of great information and knowledge and wisdom that I think we all as men can implement into our lives. And women, you're out there, you can take and, you know, share with your husbands or share this video with your husband so they can, you know, see and partake in this information um, that's being shared with you today. Um, so one thing I, you know, I wanted to kind of jump into, and you know, you're a man who wears many hats. You know, of course, you're a man who has multiple streams of incomes. You're, you know, all right, mastering several different areas. So. You know, how did you become a, a, a good, greater steward of those resources? So, you know, what are the things you put in place to kind of, you know, become a better steward over your house? Hmm. Well, I um, so I started working in barbershop in Birmingham around 1998. And during that time, I, I dare say that I was uh, probably living a life of riots, living, as they say. Right? <laughs> and but on on Sunday afternoon, my mother would call me, not every Sunday, but you know, just about every Sunday. And she would get on me and say, well, you, you know you need to you know, be better. She, she, would, she would get on me about paying my tithe. She'd say, hey, you making money, you cutting hair, you're not coming to church like you should. Uh, you need to start coming to church and you need to start paying tithe, right? <laughs> and so that started me being a, being more accountable, being a better steward of the mm -hmm. money that I was making because, you know, I was getting cash every day mm -hmm. in the barbershop. And every day I was spending cash, <laughs> right? And so for about a two to four year period, I really don't know how much money I made. Uh, I just know that after eating, drinking, going to the club, going on dates, kicking it with the fellas, that on Sunday afternoon, after my mother would call me and I would count up the money in my nightstand, that I would have six to $700. Mm -hmm. And now, as an adult, and realizing the type of things that I was doing, <laughs> I should have been meeting with somebody like you back then, <laughs> and investing my money right out, I would be in a better, much better position. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but that started me to being a better steward of my finances was those calls from my mom made me realize how much money I was I was missing from that mm. I was making and I started uh, managing it better and mm. after that. Yeah, well, I mean, I can, I can, I can, I can totally agree with that. I remember, my, and your mom sounds a lot like mine, and you know, mine would get on to me, and one thing she would always say, say, look. You do everything you want to do Monday through Saturday. On Sunday, you make sure you get up and get God that day. That's right. So she would always, even when I was in schools and I was in college and we'd have a football game, we'd fly in, wouldn't get back to three or four o'clock in the morning. She said, look, 
You do everything you want to do Monday through Saturday. On Sunday morning, you get you get up and make sure you get God his time for giving you the ability to enjoy Monday through Saturday. So I was always one thing I did practice in college and you know, by my mom staying on me about it, just saying, look, and it became a habit, you know, and I always made sure, regardless of how I felt after that game on Saturday, <laughs> well, I was making sure I get up and I would always go to church on Sunday morning. So, you know, that foundation, similar to kind of what you had. And you know, you know, mama put that mirror in front of your face. You know, that's essentially she put she put that mirror in front of you and say, okay, well, what are you doing? You know, I, I need you to do better. I know you've been taught better. <laughs> I know you know better. So, you know, I'm gonna put this mirror in your face until you do better. And, you know, having that is a blessing, you know, and, you know, that's is one of the, I feel the greatest gifts I feel like I've ever received, you know, was my parents, you know, bar none. I think, you know, you know, they, you know, definitely trained me up. So in times when, like you say, you're in college and even after college, you make a little money, you enjoy yourself, start enjoying yourself a little bit too much and you kind of get off track. But you always had that foundation to go back that would check you and just make sure that, hey, you weren't raised like that. Mm-hmm. You know, what's in you is going to come back out of you. And, you know, I'm thankful and grateful that I had it. And obviously you had it. And it allowed you to kind of get back on, you know, that, that path of straight and narrow. And, you know, you know, for me, I'm always curious because, you know, I believe in tithing as well. Um, and, you know, I believe we're all blessed to be a blessing. And. You know, tell me, I guess, your your view, I guess, you know, on top, because, of course, you have, you know, mixed opinions and varying opinions. And I know I have an opinion on it, on, on you know, how you should look at it um, and how you shouldn't look at it. But from a pastor, I know you have a certain view as well. And I'm always curious to find out, you know, you know, what is that viewpoint for you? For me, it's uh, it's a law of God um, that I must obey if I'm going to be one of his servants. Um, that's first and foremost, and that 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 is that's it really. Uh, is the fact that God desires it, requires it, mm-hmm. and so because of that, I must do it. Uh, now there are some residual effects from being obedient to the laws of God, mm-hmm. right? Because God is God. God blesses us even when we're disobedient. Absolutely. Right. And so I, I, I never try to convince somebody to pay their tithes to God so that they can receive something back. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why I say first and foremost, I do it because it's the law. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's just like, you know, laws that we have in the land. Right. Mm-hmm. You need to obey it because it's the law mm-hmm. of the land. And if I'm submitting myself to the higher authority of God, then I need to be obedient to that. Now, residually, uh, you know, there are some effects that I've seen as a result of being obedient, mm-hmm. right? Of being obedient to the law of God. I've I've seen, you know, residual blessings that come, right? From paying my tithes. I've, I've seen an increase uh, in, in my lifestyle, not just finance, mm-hmm. all right? But I've seen an increase in peace Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, joy, things of that nature that that you really cannot quantify, right? Just from being obedient to God, mm-hmm. and and you know, if we tied it into any type of law that you were obedient to, um, I'm sure anybody can see residual effects. You know, just following the guidance and the rules of taking care of your vehicle, you see the residual effects of, <laughs> you know, of things happening good for it, right? It less less challenges. Now sometimes we have challenges that are hey, announced. Life you know, happens. Life, life happens. happens. <laughs> right, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. We get batteries that die and things hey. of that nature. 
But, you know what I'm saying, in spite of it all, we count it all joy because all we know joy. that God is still in control. Absolutely. All right, so so uh, that's so that's that's basically my take of tithing is number one mainly it is the law of God. Well, absolutely. Well, I, mean, I agree, you know, wholeheartedly. You know, I always tell people, you know, that that have a certain opinion on tithes, and I said, look, one thing I learned early on is that it's not your responsibility to worry about what the church does with your tithes once you give it. It's your responsibility to do your tithing. Let God handle. Yeah. The handler. That's right. You just make sure that you are obedient because like I say, obedience is better than sacrifice. Yes, so if we can be obedient and follow his laws. We don't have to worry about what happens after because I think a lot of people try to make the excuse as to why they won't tie because, well, I don't want to give money to a church. They're not doing it right. I'm like, well, nobody said you have to stay at that church. You can go find another church home. You know, and you know, I have varied opinions about, you know, if you don't feel like if you don't have a church home, there's still ways of going and giving and being a blessing to others. You know, you know, just because you don't have to go to a church to tithe to a church. You know, you have, I'm, you know, I'm very picky about who I receive, you know, my message from, you know. So, but even though I may not have a church home in a certain place, like when I moved here, I didn't have a church home. But I still made sure I tithe to a church because I wanted to make sure that I was doing what I was supposed to do. Because, of course, I want to be able to be a blessing because I've been blessed. And I think that's the key to all of it. And I think that's how we should approach it. Be back in a minute. The truth about black wealth. Of course, we're here picking back up. We left off with Pastor Richardson. Um, definitely thankful and grateful having him today, sharing some knowledge and wisdom with us. Um, we're gonna try to hop right back into it, man. And you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I like to consider myself a man of faith. You know, I believe I place a lot of faith in God. He's a, you know, he's what allows me to keep going and going when I don't feel like going and kept me going when I didn't think I should keep going. So, you know, he's done and, and created an enormous amount of faith in me and you know, the vision that I have, you know, for trying to accomplish, you know, my dreams and goals and aspirations and whatnot. But, you know, what do you feel the role of faith plays in helping to close the wealth gap? Hmm. I think it's the number one key um, because we need to realize that God is in control of all things. Hmm. And when I say all things, even the things that we don't like. And I think sometimes we forget who created us, who gave us our mind and our abilities. Mm -hmm. And so if we build a relationship with God, then it will make life simpler for us mm -hmm. to be able to gain an understanding of who we are, what it is that we should be doing, what is our purpose, what is our passion, and then how to go about achieving that. And so when we tie it to finances, and I know sometimes uh, when it comes to God, you know, we don't never want to look at God like God is an ATM that Absolutely. we can just access for finances. But God is a God who desires us to come to him and ask him for what it is that we are in need of. Mm -hmm. And so for our finances and closing the wealth gap, to get an understanding of why we have a gap in the first place, we must go to God. And then once we go to God and have a relationship with God and pray to God, listen to God, 
then we can receive the word that we need of what it is that we should be able, to, that we need to do to be able to have a good income and be able to invest those finances for the good of our family and for the good of our community. Um, and so when we settle down and recognize God as the architect of all that we have and we see, then things begin to close there. Well, no, I agree wholeheartedly. It's, it's crazy. I, I tell people all the time, I mean, you know, they always say faith without works is dead. And I'm, I'm a true believer in that. And, you know, I'm operating and doing what I'm doing because of faith. You know, I stepped into an, an, an industry and, <laughs> and a career path that I didn't choose but was chosen for. You know, I kind of fell into it on accident. And, you know, I'm a person, I believe in speaking to God. And I talk to God all the time. I said, look, I'm going to talk to you so much, you're going to get tired of me. So, you know, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm always talking to him because I want to hear. And, you know, my will is I always tell God, I, I want to I wanna maximize my potential while here on earth and do everything that he has it for me to do. And I know if I do that, then everything else will take care of itself. And, you know, I'm going to believe, in, you know, and of course that, you know, God can't lie. You know, it's a lot of red in that Bible. <laughs> you, know, you know, everybody knows the writing in red is that's, that's straight from the horse's mouth right there. So I'm a person that believes, of course, that God cannot lie. And I believe if, if you're on your spiritual walk with God and you're listening to God, you're talking to God, if God reveals something to you, I believe that it is a fact and he must bring it to pass. Now, when he brings it to pass, I feel like it's up to you if you're putting in the work because you have the faith and he revealed it. But he might not bring it to pass because you ain't putting in the work necessary for him to say, you know what, you're in position and ready to receive the gift that I have for you. So I'm a, I'm a firm believer and I, and I walk in this kind of every day and believe in that, you know, I know what God has shown me. I, and I believe if God gives you a vision and a passion and a purpose, I believe that he must bring it to pass because God can't lie. So he can't, if God didn't reveal to you a vision, it's on him to bring it to pass if you put in the work. Because if you put in the work, he got to hold up his end of the bargain because he can't lie. Because if that vision came from him, he must bring it to pass. So, you know, that's kind of how I look at things. So I'm always curious, say, from a pastor's perspective, kind of, you know, how you how you hear that and what you take from it. Yeah, nah, I, I agree with you. Um, faith without works is dead and you must put your hand to the plow. Um, and that's the only way that we are going to be able to close the wealth gap within our community is that we're going to have to listen to God. And then when God speaks to us, we're going to have to move and do the work that God is telling us needs to be done. Um, we are some gifted people, right? And our gifts are a result of our maker who is God. Mm -hmm. And when we do that work that you spoke of and exercising those gifts, whatever it may be, then God in return allows us to gain some wealth. Then we must not gain the wealth and lose sight of who allowed us to get it. That now once we gain the wealth, now we must go and talk to God. Okay, God, what do I do with this wealth? Mm -hmm. And that's where your gifting comes in. Right. That now we take the wealth and we come meet with Hamilton Wealth Advisors. Right. OK. You draw out a plan for us 
right? And that's why I trust you, you know, that not only have I known you, you know, from your time coming to Birmingham and going to UAB, but but from then on and, and saw your maturation process. And so when it came to my finances, you know, I wasn't trusting anybody else. Yeah, I appreciate that. But, but you, right? Because I, you know, because I've known you, I, I didn't need to see what type of return you had gotten over the years or anything is that, okay, based on the relationship that I had with this man and I know him, then, okay, I'm going to entrust my finances with this brother and his company. And so we have to trust God, trust ourselves, and trust one another in that way. And that's how the gap gets closed because now with me placing my money with you and others placing their money with you, and then you making investments and making sure that our money gains the returns that we need, then that comes back and it it gives us more finances for our families, for our communities. And then from there, we utilize those funds to go and help somebody else within the community and teach them the information that we've received from God mm -hmm. and the information that I've received from you, right? And recommend them, hey, go and see Hamilton at Wealth. Hamilton Wealth Advisors for all of your financial needs to set yourself up for retirement uh, and set yourself up not only for retirement, but for investments that you may gain a return on now. Right? Yeah. And, and, and utilizing you know, your finances correctly in that way. And, you know, like I said, I'm always, you know, listening to and, and hearing the keys and the messaging. You know, what I took from that is at the end of the day, closing the wealth gap comes back to trust. Mm -hmm. yes. You trusting me me trusting you, us trusting each other, allows us to close those gaps. And that's how we can close the wealth gap in the African American community. See you next time.